welcome to our fourth whiskey on the Neat Glass-sponsored Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Ed. And if you recall, our previous whiskey were about prohibition, sourcing, and the secondary market. But this year, we're exploring another completely new whiskey-related topic, possibly one of the most influential and yet most secretive in the entire whiskey industry, whiskey tasting competitions. This is part one of three in which we'll break down exactly how these competitions work, interview the founder of a brand new whiskey competition to get his insights on the process, and of course, do a quick taste of a pair of spirits from the same brand that racked up a bunch of awards this year and tell you what we think of them. But before we get to all that, Ed's here to provide us with a quick rundown of what we'll be talking about over the entirety of this year's three-part Whiskeymentary. Right, Scott. Thanks so much for uh, that intro. So last year's Whiskeymentary... Literally my job. ...was... <laughs> yes. Last year's Whiskeymentary was, of course, the secondary market. The question of why some bottles are rare, some bottles are elevated in price, mm. what makes bottles go up in value, go up in desirability. And so... This year is Whiskey the whiskey competitions, I think, is directly linked in a lot of ways to last year's yeah. Whiskey on the secondary market. And what we're going to do in the three-part Whiskey of this year is what we're calling uh, the part one, the nose, a hopefully thorough introduction to the whiskey competition circuit. We're going to look at everything from how to enter a spirit, basically, you know, how do you get bottles judged, how the judging process works, and an explanation of all the awards given out. And we're going to focus on six of the most influential competitions. And believe me, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of competitions. Everywhere you look, they're coming out of the woodwork. There are crickets. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Wait, wait, crickets. Yes. So the second part that will be released next week, what we're calling the palette, a more in-depth examination of the pros and cons of the whiskey competitions, things like their effect on the secondary market, like I just said, whether or not they're just a marketing tool, and overall, if they're a good thing for the whiskey industry as a whole, and we'll be talking to some distillers who enter bottles and see their opinion on them. And then the last part we're kind of called the finish, which is appropriate because it's the third and last installment, will be <laughs> we're going to conduct our own little mini tasting competition to explore the different difficulty of evaluating several whiskeys at one time and whether or not the order in which you taste whiskeys might make a difference to the overall outcome. And that's going to be a basically a crapshoot because we have not yet quite figured out the format for that. But no. we thought it might be interesting with other people if we can to maybe judge. Yeah, We're not sure. that'll be fun. And what they come away with and see if we are in agreement. You know, a lot yeah. of anybody listens to our Whiskey Madness in March knows we're not always in agreement palette wise no. on what we think the best whiskeys are. So yeah. and so we're going to start talking about six of the competitions, how they conduct their business. And Scott's going to start with the granddaddy of them all, the San Francisco World Spirit Competition. Right. I have a history of the competition itself. Uh, This is the biggest one out there. And frankly, there's just so much information about it because they're so influential. So it was easier to compile this. Right. All right. So here we go. This is from two articles, a 2019 article titled, Here's What Really Happens at the Most Influential Spirits Competition by Dan Dunn, posted at robreport.com, and a 2018 article titled, Inside the Secretive Competition that Determines the Future of Whiskey by G. Clay Whitaker, posted at mensjournal.com. So, if you spent any time browsing shelves in a liquor aisle or listened to our podcast, you've (laughs) most likely seen or heard about bottles adorned with stickers touting the awards that they won at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. You may have even made purchases based on the competition's endorsement. But unless you happen to be a spirits industry insider, you probably know next to nothing about the process that results in those coveted little stickers. But luckily for you, all that's about to change. 
Founded in 2000 by James Beard award-winning drink sage Anthony Diaz Blue, the San Francisco World Spirits Competition promotes itself as the industry's most influential competition. While that might be open to debate, there's no denying the bona fides of the competition's judges. The list annually reads like a who's who of cocktail culture and includes bartenders, bar owners, educators, and even a few journalists, whom they tout as the best of the best in American whiskey. And so, for one weekend every year, San Francisco's Hotel Nico blocks off an entire floor of its convention center from public view, and over the course of three or four days, judges evaluate thousands of spirits across dozens of categories. The halls smell like the cleanest frat party you've ever attended. (laughs) But if you forget to eat breakfast, the midday fumes can be dizzying. The tablecloths start off white, but by the end of each day, they're invariably stained with myriad browns, reds, and yellows. The spirits to be tasted are divided into styles, potato vodka, craft bourbon, aged rum, etc., and poured in a closely monitored and protected room that only judges are allowed to enter. A panel of four or five people is assigned to taste each set, and they're told only the category of what they're tasting. When the tasting begins, there's very little speaking as the judges taste, but do not swallow each spirit in front of them. They spit, of course, because they wouldn't make it past the second round otherwise, and there are many, many rounds. Sometimes there are eight glasses in a round, sometimes there are more than a dozen. After they record their scores, ranging from double gold, gold, silver, and bronze, and we'll explain what those mean later, the group decides on final scores for each entry. Then on the last day of the competition, only the most awarded spirits are judged again to determine the premium award winners like Best of Class and Best in Show. In fact, although each spirit starts the competition on smaller panels, at each subsequent level, it'll be tasted by more judges so that by the end, a competitor for Best Overall Spirit will have been tasted over 100 times. And these results can change the liquor world in a week. You can witness your favorite hidden gem bourbon disappear entirely from shelves with one press release calling it the best in the world. And if you're the owner of a small brand, high marks can create an industry-wide sensation that changes your life forever. And none of that is hyperbole. Tito's Vodka was a small regional brand until it won double gold over 70 other vodkas in 2001. And we talked in our last whiskeymentary about how Pappy Van Winkle's profile skyrocketed after a best in show win in 2015 and how Henry McKenna, my favorite, Ed's darling, how their price doubled almost overnight after winning the same award just four years later. And in 2017, a then unknown brand called Barrel with two L's won Best Bourbon, snatching it from the hands of a few guarded fans and making it equally impossible to find as most of the other great whiskeys. But you may be wondering who pays for all this. Well, the brands do. <laughs> each pays a set fee and provides a couple bottles for each spirit they wish to enter. But to the brands that win, it's definitely worth the price of admission. Right. So what are the specifics about the process for that San Francisco World Spirits competition? Yeah. So they tag themselves as the largest and most prestigious spirits competition in the world. They've been active for 22 years. Uh, The entry fee is $550. You have to give them two or three bottles. Explain what that means. $550 per bottle. Per brand entry. Right. So Whiskey Tangent Rye. $550 $550 in two bottles. I think we'd call that whiskey, random belligerence rye. Right. Whiskey, right. <laughs> That's nice. I like that. Um, right. That, right. That would cost $550 and we'd have right. to submit two bottles. The whiskey tangent bitterness bourbon would uh, would, would be also $550 and we'd have to submit two bottles of that. And so, Correct. so on and so forth. So right. if we wanted to have five or six expressions judged, you're quickly approaching three grand in fees and another grand in whiskey. So yeah. it adds up for, especially if you're a small up and coming distillery and you're trying to be in eight, nine or 10 of these competitions. Right. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, they have over 40 whiskey categories. I mean, they have like 200 categories total in, right. in what they do. They don't use the neat glass. 
but they used uh, to. They used to. They exactly. Used to. This year, they had 4,900 entries, almost 5,000, as they say. So the judging process is it's highly controlled blind tastings, and their experienced judging panel tastes every product to decide if it's metal worthy. Mm -hmm. Judges do not receive any information on the producer or a price point, ensuring each spirit is judged fairly, equally, and without bias. Nice. So the awards that they give, uh, they give out bronze, silver, gold, double gold, and platinum awards. I will tell you right now, the platinum is very rare. If you get the platinum, you have a special bottle there. It is. So the bronze is, they say, well-crafted spirits that are commercially sound, modestly attractive, and free from significant flaws. It sounds like bullet bourbon to me. <laughs> yeah. The silver is outstanding spirits that show refinement, finesse, and complexity. The gold is exceptional spirits near the pinnacle of achievement for their categories. And the double gold means that they received gold medals from all the members of the judging panel. Wow. So think about when we talk about getting up to as high as 100 people, you know, like you said, I mean, not every double gold is by 100 people, but you're probably by 48 or 50 people by then. You know, there's not one guy like, oh, I ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Like the way Gabe fucks up every time we try to tell you something, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't you love the little book? Oh, little book chapter three is amazing. Nah. Uh, it's a little hot for me. A little hot in my throat. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so double gold really does mean something uh, special for, it has to be a unanimous decision, basically. Gabe's going to be so mad. I know. So randomly pick up on Gabe. Like, Gabe did it like one time, and I just never let him forget about it. <laughs> so the platinum, like you said, the criteria for getting a platinum, yeah. you have to be double gold for three consecutive years. Uh, that's so hard. Right. So hard. So if you get a platinum from San Francisco, you're at the pinnacle of your profession. First of all, just understand you've already paid $1,650. <laughs> <laughs> just to be it's in true. the competition. That, that is true. And six bottles. Right. Right. Uh, and they have, of course, best of class, the best example of each spirit type, and the best in show. They only choose five chosen from the best of class winners of the following unaged white spirit, aged white spirit, whiskey, brandy, and liqueurs. And that's it. That's their best of classes. That's their best in show. They pick oh, five best okay. in shows from those categories. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got you, got you, got you. So we have done that kind of stat thing for five more yeah. whiskey We're we'll going uh, through them quickly. Just to give you an idea of like what the general things, what overlaps the similarities. Yeah, what, um, how they do things differently. A completely different one would be the SIP Awards, for example. So the SIP Awards is the only internationally recognized consumer judging spirits competition. Yeah, it's interesting. Where in theory, it's like the House of Commons. The <laughs> San Francisco World Spirits Competition is like the House of Lords <laughs> in Parliament. And then the SIP, like yeah. the SIP is like the House of Commons, yeah. right? Where like lucky consumers, and I don't know what the criteria is to become a judge. I don't think you could just walk in off the street, put, no. put down your, your Coors Light and start drinking. <laughs> um, I think you have to have some type of a vetting process, but it is basically consumers. Yeah. They've been around 14 years. Entrance fee is again, five fifty. Two bottles, same as San Francisco. They have 30 categories. They do use the neat glass uh, as, as their uh, tasting glass. <laughs> Which, once again, San Francisco did for many, many years, I want to point out. And from what I understand, mm. it was a lot of money from Glen Karen that mm. made that change. Yeah. If the San Francisco World Spirit wants to dispute that, they could have, but I reached out to them for an interview. They ignored me. Not and, even crickets. Right. Which is fine. But no one has to talk to me. And they're very big and special and important. They certainly don't need me. But I would love to have heard from them because they've ruined a lot of good whiskey for me. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Henry McKenna tenure, Scott says my favorite. It was my favorite for $33. Oh, it's yeah. not my favorite for $65. I, I don't No, I, I said it was your darling. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I, you know, but yeah. that's a personal thing with me. But maybe they knew it ask them why they got rid of the neat glass and uh after oh, having such success with it. Maybe. And they were like, oh, we're not doing that. They're, they're, not those they're, guys. They're neat glass sponsored uh, <laughs> they're militants. <laughs> militants. <laughs> so 
As a judge for the Sips Awards, you would participate in blind tasting and provide feedback on the spirits. This was interesting from the safety and comfort of their own home. Yeah. That's crazy to me because my problem with that is control, right? Other competitions, they say the preparation room is like highly managed. Yeah. Yeah. So they also have awards. They have gold, silver, bronze, all very vague descriptions of what that means. They have a double gold for the top percentile of their given categories. And they do have a platinum if it earns exceptional marks from consumer judges. And then they have a platinum best of class. This is a premium spirit receiving scores in the pinnacle of their respective categories. I think it's a fun award. I don't know that this award would change anything. I think it might be something you can stick on your bottle. Yeah. You know, or hang on the neck of your bottle and maybe at a point of purchase. Around your actual neck. Yeah, right. right. I don't think that you're going to get a sip award and I'm going to be at home going like, oh my God. But when you're walking down the aisle, you're like, oh, I got three bottles I want to try. I'll try the sip award winner. Yeah, I like the fact that it is consumers. Mm-hmm. But you are right about tasting it at home. You don't know about what conditions they're tasting them in. Yeah, I like to try mine with seven to, up. They, they clean their palates properly right. between rounds, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. I like to drink it right out of the bottle. Like, <laughs> like, I have no idea what they're doing. I like too much water, so now it tastes like something else. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like that's You got to drink it neat. But, in a neat class. Yeah. There we go. The next one I have is the International Whiskey Competition. And yeah. also reached out to these guys. And they did actually get back to us. But then uh, I think the holidays got involved. And Sebastian was very excited to talk to us. But then he said he was under the weather. Then the holidays popped up. So yeah. he definitely wants to talk to us about how he's different than everybody else. So yeah. I think I know why he says that his competition is different. So yeah. they call themselves the Olympics of Whiskey Competitions. Oh. They've been around for 12 years. The entry fee is $400. Um, A bargain. Yeah. So it's yeah exactly. Uh, two bottles, of course. Uh, I think that's pretty standard across all of these competitions. They have 50 categories, 50 plus. I wasn't able to determine how many entrants they have this year or if they use the neat glass. So here's what I think separates them from the others. Whiskey, spirit, beer, and wine experts blind taste each whiskey individually. So they get like an eight minute time limit one whiskey by themselves at a time based on a 100 point scale in four main sections and 11 subsections. So they are sight points for color and visual appeal Mm. on the nose. You get different points for the intensity and complexity, the distinctiveness of aroma and the balance of aroma on the taste. The points are divided among palate and balance, alcohol, body and complexity, distinctiveness of flavors and balance between flavors Mm. and the finish there's two length and finish and quality of finish so you get between five and 15 points for each of those and that adds up to a score on a scale from zero to 100 right the awards that they give out they only give out like the olympics that they say that they are gold silver and bronze that's it there's no descriptions for those except that the spirits must score above 85 points to be eligible for a medal right and they do give whiskey of the year which is simply the one that gets the most points Mm -hmm. i I mean i i love that right very simple. Yeah. So another one that's been around 12 years is the New York International Spirits Competition. Mm. Not to be confused with the sister competition of the San Francisco World Spirits, which is the New York World Spirit Competition. Right. Right. New York World. Right. This one is the New York International Spirits Competition, but just talks about how confusing it is. You might see an award from there and think it's the other one. Right. Right. And so. I mean, they're all very similarly named. Right. So while the SIP Awards had about 1,250 entrants or so, the New York International Spirits Competition has over 1,400. Three to 350 entry fee. I don't know why. Um, oh, yeah. They, so they give you a late fee. <laughs> oh. 300 if you're early, okay. 325 if you're on time, and 350 if you're late. Oh, what about that? <laughs> yeah. Two or three bottles. You got a reason for that? No at all? I do. Uh, so <laughs> if they if the bottles are small, like 375 liters, uh, then they'll have to give three of those. Well, yeah. No, that, right. They should technically give four, but all right. Well, uh, right. They What they should do is give a range of milliliters. Mm, How much? Yeah. That's true. They have 50 plus categories, all spirits, by the way. 
not just whiskey. Yeah. So they have 50 categories. We don't know if they use a neat glass or not. We like to hope they are. Yeah. Now, the difference with this is each judging team is four qualified trade buyers, people who work with spirits and their customers on a daily basis. They're a mix of restaurateurs. Sommelier. Sommeliers. You know I don't speak French. <laughs> Retail spirit buyers, distributors, and importers. They try to assemble each judging panel with a mix of different disciplines. So you're not getting four bartenders or right. four restaurant owners. They try to mix it up. Yeah. And each judge is paid a $250 stipend for being there. So they're mm. respecting the professionalism of the judges by paying them for their time. Yeah, which that's I, nice. Which I don't think happens at the Sips Awards, okay? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> okay. this is bronze, silver, gold, double gold, the way they break down their awards. And it's interesting. They said bronze. They said buyers would purchase it. <laughs> silver, buyers would like it. Gold, buyers would love it. And double gold is a unanimous decision by the panelists, a phenomenal product. So if you get double gold at the New York International Spirits Competition, it's a pretty good bottle. Yeah. They also have a best of category where the double gold award winners will be retasted by all panelists to establish eligibility for best in category. And that would be in all the different types of whiskey, vodkas, rums, blah, blah, blah. All right. So the next one that I have, I think we have two more, the John Barleycorn Awards. (laughs) That's a funny name. I love it. They have um, information about John Barleycorn Mm -hmm. on their website. And it's really just this fictional character from England that's been used in like folklores and stuff. And he was just went around and planted stuff. Uh, Sort of like our, Johnny Appleseed. Yes, I was just going to say Johnny Appleseed of whiskey. Yeah, so the John Barleycorn Society is an assemblage of the world's top journalists and industry professionals. Uh, It's been around for four years only. It's $300 per entry fee, uh, two bottles, of course. Uh, They have over 100 whiskey categories. They do use the neat glass. And this year, they had over 1,200 entries. So they have two sets of judges. They have trade writers and marketing professionals. Judging is conducted over a period of days, blind tasted randomly. They're not compared to other submissions in their category. So they're all kind of mixed up when they're tasted. And they use their own 100-point scale based on appearance, aroma, taste, and finish, but no details on that. There may be multiple winners in each category or no winners at all. And the awards that they give are honorable mention, which is uh, um, thanks for the five hundred dollars. Right, <laughs> thanks for the three hundred bucks, bro. Yeah. Uh, so that's between sixty and seventy nine points. It says it meets the standards of the industry. Uh, silver is between eighty and eighty nine points. A well crafted product deserving recognition. The gold is uh, ninety to ninety four points. An excellent product that meets very high standards. And the double gold is a spirit that scores ninety five or above. An outstanding spirit that earns top marks from all judges. They have the best of category, like most. Of them have the spirit with the highest points in that category yeah and the best spirit of the year is the spirit with the highest points overall right and the last one we want to talk about because right now it's getting boring <laughs> yeah well, no, 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 thanks for hanging on this one well, we got one more yeah <laughs> uh, and then we're going to bring on a guy named christopher davies about the global spirits challenge that he's going to be bringing together it's going to be really interesting to talk to someone who actually runs these competitions yeah so the last one we want to talk about is close to home for us because we're jersey guys the ascot awards been around two years started by new jersey's own whiskey right. personality fred minnick because he wears an ascot yeah right. it's his signature look 475 to have a bottle judged they do 60 different whiskey categories pretty impressive he does not use a neat glass but he's in new jersey maybe i can track him down and change his mind it's possible <laughs> um 
and they get at least 800 entrants as far as we could tell. And these are blind tasted and graded on a 100 point scale based on a series of criteria relating to appearance, aroma, taste, and finish. Top scores in each class will advance to a championship round where Fred and an expert in that specific class will blind taste them and choose a champion during a live streaming event. That sounds a lot like our Whiskey Madness, Scott, I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, he has a podcast too. He's got his own YouTube channel. Yeah, he also has an honorable mention category basically saying this meets the standards of the industry. I create the word drinkable for that. This is drinkable. Yeah. Gold, a well-crafted product deserving recognition. Platinum, an excellent product, meets very high standards highly recommended and double platinum outstanding earns top marks from all the judges i appreciate him going double platinum and not just becoming another double goal that everybody does yeah so he's like oh no one's doing double platinum ding i'm in mm -hmm. i'm sure someone's doing double platinum because like i said there's like 75 competitions but well, uh, kiss did double platinum back in the day oh my god yeah that's right good <laughs> album no Uh, look for the whiskey tangent double platinum. Uh, <laughs> no, we're triple platinum. Yeah, we're triple. We're going to triple. We're going to like, this whiskey's a quadruple gold. Um, <laughs> you just keep doing it. Right. Double, yeah, seriously. Like, doubles, yeah, we, we're going to. We're, gonna, we're an octuple gold. <laughs> the Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> the Ocho Award goes to Larceny's Barrel Proof. So best category by Fred Minnigan Company determined to be best in class during the live stream championship round. And then there will be a best in slow. Uh, best, I'm best in slow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've achieved so high for myself. Now, best in show, um, determined to be the best overall during, once again, their live stream championship round. And I think that's another interesting thing Fred's doing, the transparency of a live broadcast. Yeah, and I actually watched that because the one he picked, if you go back to our Wheat Whiskey episode, was the Journeyman, of course, it's Whips and Whiskey, and he picked it live right, right. on his YouTube channel. And we bought a lot of it. Yeah. So I think we got Christopher Davis ready for the interview. Right yeah. now? We're going to set yeah. up the Zoom call? Right, yes. And let's see let's what put, he has yeah, to say. Bring on Chris and talk to him about what he does. All right. Be right back. Testing one, two. How are you? Hey, Chris, hey, we hear you. Good to hear you. I checked out your podcast. You guys have quite a following. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. We build it up. We used to say we had twelves of fans in the beginning, but uh, now how long we're have you been doing it? Four years. We started recording January of uh, 2019. Right. Yeah, we've been downloaded in 89 countries, which is amazing. And every January we do a documentary. We call it the Whiskumentary. And uh, until this year, I mean, awards that people win, it's a very big deal. Like double gold means a lot. And so we want to study the impact that those competitions are now having on the industry and kind of directing what people drink. So could you just give us an overview of what your company does? And then also, I know you want to talk about the new global competition coming up. Sure. Our company was started in New York about 20 years ago, and uh, it was right after 9-11. So we were personally impacted, like most of the people in New York. So my wife's family are based here in Colorado, and we made a decision to move our family to Colorado. And when we got here, 2002, first issue of our magazine was delivered to the front door, and that's called Wine Country International. And that magazine is really a food, travel, wine and spirits magazine that's been going pretty steady since then. 
We're mainly online now. So the magazine being online since 2013 has really gotten a great readership of over 600,000 people per month. And they're all over the place. Like your podcasts are being downloaded in Switzerland and, you know, Africa and everywhere in between. So when we got here to Colorado, we were told that, hey, you guys should start a wine festival. (laughs) So we started it. And in the second year, we found that there was a need to do a wine competition. And we did the Denver International Wine Competition, which we still do today. Then we noticed how spirits were starting to become popular. You know, if you look back to 2000. 12, there were 1,000 licensed distilleries back then. It has grown to be almost 4,400 today. And don't forget all the international brands too. I mean, there's probably 10,000 distilleries in the world. So we took three years to decide on how to do a spirits competition the right way. We didn't want to just say, okay, send us product. We really studied it and we launched the Denver International Spirits Competition. I guess it was 12 years ago. And since then, we've grown with it, learned about the trends. And being a whiskey lover like you guys, we developed the North American Bourbon and Whiskey Competition. That's been going on for nine years. So we're looking at doing that again in New Orleans for 2023. Awesome. What month is that? Like the third week of July. It's a little hard for us to do it there, but we love that town. And that's a road trip. Yeah, it's a beautiful (laughs) road trip. We have another spirits competition called Tequila Mezcal Challenge, and that's been growing pretty rapidly too. So when you're starting a new Global Whiskey Challenge, what steps do you take to promote awareness, participation. You take us through how you start something at this level after all your successes you've had. Yeah, it's not easy. Let's tell you that. So we first decide on the name. And then the second step is we check and see if we can get the domain name because every competition we do has its own website. So we've passed those two barriers pretty easy. The first one will be in Scotland in April. And today we're actually building the website. We have a team of people that are putting together lists of all the distilleries in Europe, in particular the UK. And then it's going to be press releases that are globally distributed and email blasts. Yeah, I was going to ask, where do you get your email list from? You just accumulate them over the years? or We accumulate it ourselves. It's very hard. There's no single source for that. And since COVID, a lot of the jobs have changed. So the same people that used to be on the list, let's say in 2019, they've moved on to other companies. So in the case of the North American Bourbon and Whiskey, we literally called every past entrant and then all of the distilleries that we thought might be interested in entering. We're really a data company, constantly updating mailing lists and email lists and contact lists. Yeah. Could we get that contact list? (laughs) We we may rent it. You know, the other thing is, too, is to get the word out and let the industry know who won this year. Also, that's ego driven. So you get an owner let's say, of a winery in Napa, and he sees that the best of class wine 
from last year was somebody that he doesn't like as much as other people do. And that might make him enter this year because he'll say, shit, my wine or my tequila or my whiskey's better than that one. But going back to the Global Whiskey Challenge, the first year is going to be tough. We have very conservative goals for the first year. We're hoping that in the UK and Europe that we get 100 entries. If we get 69 entries, we break even because we'll be flying staff and judges to Scotland. We'll be using local judges too, but even that's hard to find, you know, who's a real expert because you could have the hottest uh, bartender in town or mixologist, but they're not consistent. Chris, you should reach out to, uh, there's a guy we just hung out with in New York for a while, David Broom. He's written many books on different spirits, but he's also an expert on scotch. He could be a great resource to you. I appreciate that. Sure. So what we're going to do to make it consistent is we're bringing our three top judges to Scotland and they'll be like table captains, okay, at each of the judging tables. And we'll be able to gauge how accurate everybody is by having these reliable people at the tables. So that's how we do it. You know, less work for Papa. That's what we say. You know, I don't want to have to retaste everything. Yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have that job? Can I be the retaster? Is that, is that, a, is that actually? Yeah. Where do, I, where do I send an application for that? Well, you know, and the other thing is sometimes you get a bad bottle. So typically the mm-hmm. competitions require two bottles. You know, some whiskey has actual cork at, on the closure. And just like wine corks can ruin wine, you can have a bad cork on a whiskey, too. So sometimes we'll retaste the second bottle just for that reason. Interesting. So the judging format that you have for this Global Whiskey Challenge, is that the same format that you use for your other ones? Pretty much. It's just the categories are different. Right. Scotland has like seven regions, and then you have the countries, too. And you have to think like a computer when you do a competition. The more categories you have, the easier it is to sort out later on. And the more people that can win, which, let's face it, I mean... I'm happier to come back to your competition if I've won in the past than if I keep getting silver. Exactly. Can you talk about that? The pressure of, you know, like, hey, I paid you $500. I sent you two bottles. What's up? Like, how, how come you don't love my whiskey? Like, there has to be some negative feedback when the people don't get what they want. How do you navigate that proactively and how do you handle it post competition? Okay. So, in between the time that we started with wine competitions, we Realize that being in the Denver market, we're in the heart of beer country too. There were over 300 breweries. So it came apparent that we could do a beer competition and we had like the best judges in the world in our backyard. So we started the Denver International Beer Competition and learned a lot about how beer competitions work, which are a little bit different than wine. In the world of beer, there's only one winner, okay? Like, you could have 300 IPAs. They just give one medal for that. It's the best. Or they give three medals. I guess it's gold, silver, bronze. But they could have 297 that didn't win anything. So what they do is they let you ask for copies of the judge's notes. And we learned that and we moved that into the spirits competition. So if somebody doesn't even win a medal, they have the ability to ask for the notes. Now, it's not going to tell you the judge's full name because we don't want him to get attacked. But (laughs) yeah, the funniest notes we ever had was a guy from Scotland for the North American bourbon and whiskey. And he said in his notes, if I was you, I would think about leaving the business. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so we, we definitely left his name off, but we try to prevent those kind of, you know, nasty comments, but constructive comments, like what did you taste in here that help you decide that you're not going to give it a gold medal? Cool. So what are your medals that you give away? The awards? Gold, silver, bronze? Double That's gold. It. Oh, double gold. This 95 or higher. And we do best to show if we have some interesting products. So this most recent competition we did with tequila, mezcal, we had six double golds. So what we did is we put them out and all the judges got to retaste them blind. And then they eliminate the first three. And then they choose one, two, and three. So it's first place, second place, third place. Scott, show your award. <laughs> oh, my award for editing. You'll love this, Chris. It says triple gold in editing at the San Francisco podcast open, which I made up. I gave it to him for all the hard work he does. Nice. Every, everything was double gold. So I made up a triple gold editing one for him. Gold, like um, but, uh, just because of all the competition. So just showing you how it trickles down to us. Like, Hey, we won an award too. Damn it. So we <laughs> made our we own. Gave ourselves. <laughs> we gave ourselves one triple gold. Yeah, I mean, we're one of the few companies, believe it or not, that are still giving physical medals. Here's a medal for Denver International Spirits Competition. <laughs> cool. Gold medal. And a lot of the companies have, in the last year or so, stopped giving the medals because most of these die-cast medals are manufactured in China. And they take a little bit longer to come now than they used to. And it might take 60 to 90 days for us to get the medals after we order them. And then there's a lot of physical work of sorting them out and mailing them to each of the winners. But we feel that the medals are appreciated by the winners, so we do it. In Europe, with the Global Whiskey Challenge, the competitions do certificates. That's more popular than medals. Mm-hmm. And logistically, that will be easier for us because we don't have to mail them all out because the, the postage costs, let's say, to mail two medals to Scotland is around 30 bucks. So we're going to do digital certificates. And then if somebody wants to purchase the medal, it's going to be clearly stated on the website that it's an additional cost because of the postage. If, if it was about promoting my product, I'm not going to let $50 stop me. I'll bitch about it around the office, but I'm still sending it. I hope so. <laughs> so what is the entry fee for the Global Whiskey Challenge? 400 400 per bottle. Yeah. 400 US dollars. Now, the concept of these competitions is going to be three of them. There'll be one in Japan also for Asian and Oceania products, like, you know, whiskeys from Australia and Tasmania. And then there'll be a North American one in New York. And then the three top winners will be retasted on the following day in New York and we'll have a global winner. So it could be a French whiskey. It could be a bourbon from Virginia. We don't know. But that's what makes this very wow. unique. That's an yeah. amazing undertaking. Yeah. I did not know that it was that far reaching. It sounds, <laughs> okay. it sounds so exciting. Of whiskey. I love when, it. When's in New York? Yeah, it's uh, early July. All right. So New Orleans is a little bit later. Yeah, it's around the 23rd of July, I think. So one final question I have is, what is the glassware that you're tasting the whiskeys out of? Uh, that's a good question. We uh, drank the lemonade on the neat glass about five or six years ago. They're a sponsor for our podcast. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, George has become a great friend over the years. He has a distributor slash importer in Glasgow that is sponsoring us there with glasses too. Yeah, so we've been using the neat glass for at least five or six years on all of our spirits competitions. Well, that makes us a lot easier for us. 
<laughs> when we first started out, we had Riedel spirit glasses because we used Riedel wine glasses exclusively for the wine competitions. But after George gave us his demonstration, we were easily sold on the benefits of the neat glass. Any other questions you have for us? No, it sounds fantastic. We'll definitely promote your podcast to our audience of, you know, we have like every distillery in the U.S. for sure and all the ones in the U.K. So, you know, and hopefully Europe will come soon. Right. We'll be promoting your global thing as well. We'll be telling people about it and, and telling people to look it. out for it because I thought it was exciting just in Scotland. But now knowing that it's Japan and New York, no one's ever done that before. No. Yeah. Hopefully we won't go broke doing it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, maybe we'll see you in New York or New Orleans in July. I mean, love to have you. Well. You guys could taste along with the judges if you want. Hey, man, if I can get us out there, man, we'll get there. Okay. Right. Thanks so much for coming on with us, Christopher. Yeah, have a good Thanks. day. Cheers. Well, that went really well. What a nice guy. I mean, yeah. what an interesting background he has, starting small in Denver, then getting national. And now, what a fascinating concept in the sense of a global whiskey challenge, having competitions in Scotland, Japan, and then New York, and bringing the winners of Scotland and Japan to New York for like a World Series of Whiskey. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I will say, though, that the one I talked about, the New York International Spearing Competition, does have something similar, though they don't do a competition at the end they have a cheese beer and cider competition as well and a wine competition cheese really yeah they have a new york cheese international cheese competition international beer competition international cider competition international spirits competition which i talked about and the new york international wine competition cider yeah i don't even know her (laughs) and then they want it's never not funny it's never whatever then they had the Berlin International Wine, Beer, and Spirits Competition. And then they had a Melbourne International Melbourne. Wine, Beer, and Spirit Competition. And then they had an Asian International Wine, Beer, and Spirits Competition. So they have done something similar to what Chris's company is trying to do. Yeah. But what they didn't do was link them all together into this World Series of Whiskey, which I think is going to be fascinating to see. And uh, just Scott and I might try to get to the new york one yeah i like the new orleans one actually yeah that'd some, be fun too yeah oh the new york's closer yeah listen we could road trip there too i mean yeah all right so now we're going to um, do our little quick taste for the blue note um we wanted to get them on the air too and maybe we still will but it's been hard to link up with their master distiller yeah i mean it's a holiday i understand and my apologies to San Francisco World Spirits Competition if they were just out of the offices for two weeks or something. You know, I mean, maybe they shut <laughs> right, down. That's I mean, true. The competitions once a year, I can't believe they all sit at their desks just waiting for me to email them. <laughs> I mean, my ego knows no bounds sometimes. It's just going to an empty mailbox. <laughs> right, it's it's like, just sitting there right. waiting for them to come back in March. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They come back, check their email, and I'm shitting all over on the podcast, right? But anyway, um, so this is a Blue Note juke joint. Yeah. So the description for this is it's very short from their website. Our bourbon barrels are cooked low and slow, like Memphis barbecue, as they age near the banks of the Mississippi River. So random and unnecessary. <laughs> That's nothing to do with it at all. It's- <laughs> Nothing to do with the taste of whiskey, but I love it. I love it. (laughs) The deep delta heat and humidity forge an unforgettably rich flavor, resulting in a full-bodied bourbon with bold notes of caramel, oak, vanilla, and spice that lingers on the palate. At 93 proof, Blue Note is named after the world-famous Memphis Blues music, which are both bold yet smooth. 
I mean, Tennessee whiskey has been slow to move, mainly because of the laws of Tennessee. They've restricted distilleries. Right. Which is why you have basically, we know Jack Daniels, okay? But yeah. then we have George Dickel, and we have our friends at Corsair. Now Blue Note's making some noise. And the funniest thing about this is this is actually a Kentucky straight bourbon. <laughs> Which is sourced to them, right? <laughs> yeah, they sourced it. So it's interesting story, actually. Um, I did a little sleuthing. So the proof of this is 93, 46.5% ABV. Okay. The mash bill is 70% corn, 21% rye, 9% malted barley. The age is at least three years. The distiller company is Big River Distilling in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, Big River, send me whiskey so me and Scott can drink it and talk about it. And crickets. Okay. okay. Uh, the source distiller is not known, but as I said, sleuthing, I discovered that it's very likely the OZ Tyler distillery in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I'll tell you why when we taste the next one, the uncut, because okay, there's a fine. story there. That's fine. It's this uh, company was founded in 2014 by Macaulay Williams. There's not really a whole lot on them out there. And the price is only $35. For the juke joint. For this juke joint whiskey, the awards that it won, as we smell it, right. they got 93 points from Wine Enthusiast Magazine. They won the Platinum at the 2022 SIP Awards, oh, okay. and they won double gold at the 2022 San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Wow. Yeah. So That's, they did pretty well. Remember, Platinum means they earned exceptional marks from the consumer judges, and then the double gold means- That you, means it, it means, was a unanimous decision. Well, every panelist gave it a gold. Correct. All right. Well, I get unbelievable traditional notes on the nose of yeah, vanilla, oak, maybe a little caramel- I, there's a tiny bit of fruit there, but it's so non-distinct that I can't really say. It just smells a little fruity. Definitely traditional. Oh, a little, what a is, little, that? is there a little cinnamon on the nose? Yeah, I, I just got that. Something. You heard me hesitate. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that. I mean, it's a nice nose. Let's taste it. Mm. Oh, I get ah. like it's more, wow. it's more Ooh. nutty, peanutty. I taste the cinnamon now on the palate with vanilla yeah it does have a spiciness to it that i wasn't mm. expecting there's something besides cinnamon like a clove or something what are you getting on the finish surprisingly i need another sip <laughs> the finish to me was a little bit quick but yeah let me take another sip there's your fruit though there's some orange on that mm. i was gonna say lemon mm. but no it's orange yeah it, definitely not lemon if you're going citrus i i, I agree with orange Almost but it's like a candied orange i was just gonna say that like either a candied kumquats or like um <laughs> or in this case like a little orange curacao i mean there's definitely baking spices on yep. this that that clovey sort of yeah mm, let me taste it again it's a dry finish but not unpleasant nor do i feel like it cheapens the sip no I, for, for a 35 dollar bottle right what's the proof on this 93 93 oh man i'll drink this all day all right. Yeah, it's quite nice. It's a very good bourbon. Now, it's, once again, it doesn't have the depth that you're going to get from a Baker's or a, a Knob Creek 12-year or something like that. But for $35, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better drink than Blue Note. It is interesting that it got a double gold from mm. San Francisco and a platinum from Sip Awards. Because while this is good, I mean, it must have been able to really hold its own against other spirits. I can see consumers liking it more because it's so yeah. drinkable and approachable it to is. the average palate. I am surprised that the professionals in San Francisco also liked it. Yeah. But I, we're not professionals, but I feel like you and me have tasted, geez, probably 200 whiskeys on this podcast. So, sure. I mean, I don't know what that gives me credibility-wise, but <laughs> I mean, if this was thin or flat 
or weak, I have no problem saying it. Right. You know? It's none of those things. No. But the one harsh note that I am getting, and it's not like super harsh, but it's a it's a little mm, like dried oak, but kind of turns a little, but then the sweetness ends up counteracting it. So I'm going to put a little water in it, see I, if that does I, anything I, different. I think it accented the oakiness. I don't know if it's a bad thing, though, Scott. I think that might add some depth to the flavor. It may be not your cup of tea, but I think other people might like it a lot. Well, you know, it's interesting because now I taste the cinnamon a lot more mm. with the water in it, whereas I was only tasting it slightly. Yeah, I'm swirling it in my neat glass to, to, to take one more sip to finish off. Mm. It's good, especially at $35. It's a lot better than I expected for $35. And, I, yeah. and I'm glad because, you know, Blue Note was nice enough to send it to us. Like, hey, try this out. What do you think? You yeah. know? And that's what's interesting about the tasting competitions because they yeah. don't know what they're tasting. Right. We know what we're tasting We know here. what we're tasting. But I don't because Blue Note to me is a name and a bottle. I know they're an up-and-coming company. Yeah. I know Benash did a barrel pick with them. Mm. So I've seen them gaining some momentum. Mm. Um, so let's... Yeah. What are the, the from Breaking notes? Bourbon. Yeah. Looking at it real quick, we hit them all. Um, the nose was traditional <laughs> which we said I can't yeah <laughs> caramel vanilla maple oh maple interesting mm, let me spell it again real quick. Uh, yeah i'm not sure i got maple off i don't that. i didn't get maple no i got general sweetness but I, I put that down for vanilla yeah i got a fruitiness which uh, they didn't get but so yeah. palate cinnamon vanilla nutmeg we said clove Ooh, but nutmeg. it was nutmeg's probably truer than that interesting and they said it, they had a thick oily mouthfeel oh, to change for gabe point to gabe um <laughs> the finish was slightly dry yeah uh finish of that. spice rich vanilla with notes of oak and oranges <laughs> but that was easy to me like i tasted the oranges yeah. very clearly your go-to is orange yeah, right? your you, cherry you taste a lot of orange and stuff and, and you then, test cherry and I, yeah, so, what, so what we mean by that is when cherry's present scott grabs it right away right away and if orange is present could i drink grand Monier exactly as my favorite like appetit right it's not that we're making it up right it's it, just if it's there i'm first to say right. cherry he's first to say orange right so i'm going to put a little bit more of the juke joint we're about to taste the blue note uncut and oh. <laughs> just threw whiskey at me i mean like he's never poured a bottle of whiskey in his life he poured it from like a foot away and just threw it like in the general direction of the glass like it is, it is like i threw he's it. had one glass of whiskey today just already fucking shit up uh, uh, i was hysterical i wish you all could have seen that if your friend did that you'd have been like what the fuck it bro? splashed out of the bottle it wasn't my it, fault but luckily to reduce noise, the entire counter of the studio was yeah. covered in towels, towels to minimize radiant noise. So, yes. so this right. is a Blue Note uncut. Yeah, you can definitely, right away, you can oh, tell yeah. the difference in color. All Much right. darker. So the description of this, this is a super interesting story. In June 2019, the rickhouse that stored much of Blue Note's inventory collapsed in a terrible summer storm, spilling thousands of barrels and millions of dollars into the muck and mud. Most of the barrels were destroyed by the incredible force of the nearly 10 million pounds crumbling six stories to the ground. For the next four months, the barrels were left exposed to the elements before the wreckage could be properly assessed and cleaned up. The sweltering summer heat bore down upon the barrels day after day, darkening the outsides and forcing the bourbon incredibly deep into the oak. Several thunderstorms passed through as well, pummeling the barrels for days, causing their bands to later rust and break. As summer faded into fall, the nights grew colder, forcing the whiskey back out of the new worn oak. After the wreckage was cleaned up and every barrel was assessed, the company found that indeed some had survived. And Blue Note Uncut is the result. Shut your mouth. Isn't that cool? Shut your mouth. I'm drinking whiskey that was laying out in a field somewhere yeah. as debris. So the reason why I said I think their distiller is OZ Tyler is because they lost a part of their rickhouse in a thunderstorm in June of 2019. 
It has to be them. Can you imagine what that would be like if that was your business? I would just be sitting out in the rain in the <laughs> middle of the wreckage of the Rick house, right. just sitting in a puddle of whiskey. Just licking just, it. No, just sad. Not even like, just sad. Just rained on like, no, leave me alone. Get you, away from me. You would taste some of it. Oh, yeah. You just dip a neat yeah, glass right, right. in there. Ha- like, yeah, just drinking muddy whiskey water, <laughs> like just crying. Uh, yes, exactly. Oh, exactly. Uh, I see it now. I so can... now I'm really excited to try this. So this uh, is the Blue Nut Uncut. Yeah. So this is basically the same thing as their uh, juke joint, except that uh, they bottled it at barrel proof. And that proof is 120.8. Oh, my God. So it's 60.4% ABV. The mash bill is the same. The 70% corn, 21% rye, 9% malted barley. The age is at least four years. It would have been three years, but it's been a year <laughs> sitting in a fucking field right. getting rained on, getting rained and, on. And, and snowed on and yeah. thunderstormed on. <laughs> Uh, the price is $45 as opposed to $35. I picked this up for exactly the MSRP, $45. Uh, so the awards, 92 points, Whiskey Advocate. Oh, that's not bad. That's a damn good score. Yeah. And they won silver at the San Francisco and SIP Awards. And it won double platinum from the Ascot Awards. Oh, well, see, that's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. The nose is completely different from the first one. I don't get the sweetness. This is one of the hottest whiskeys I've ever smelled in the neat glass. Yeah. I'm just saying that. I still smell ethanol even though I'm using neat glass properly. I, I do too. It's also deeper. There's yeah. deeper, darker yeah. fruity notes that I'm getting on this than the lighter ones that I was getting on the uh, juke joint or the regular. They're both called juke joint. This one's just uncut. Once you get past the alcohol smell, there is sweet notes. Mm. Vanilla. Like a sugary vanilla, more sugary vanilla than the other one, which was more kind of like a vanilla bean. Yeah, this is more of like a donut. Yes. Kinda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the nose on this one. This one is, I think, going to be more in my wheelhouse just because it's higher proof because I'm a proof whore. And because it went deeper into the wood and out, it's probably going to be oakier. Did you take a taste? I just did. Okay. Ooh. It's a lot deeper. Brick and Bourbon said that the first one had an oily mouthfeel, but... I don't know if I really agree with that. This one does. Oh, absolutely. Because just because of the proof. Yeah. Oh, it's so pleasant. Like, so it doesn't drink as hot as it actually is. No. It, it smelled hot, but it does not drink hot. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, this is nice. This actually reminds me a little of Knob Creek. It has a tiny bit of the Oh, the cherry. Knob Creek barrels, single barrel, yeah. the 120 that we get. Yeah. yeah. It has a little bit, tiny bit of cherry, but also has a little bit of peanuts. Mm. No, you don't think you're not getting. No, I'm not getting peanuts. I got to tell you, but so I'm getting a lot more spice. Extra age, not just a lot more spice. Not just because of the proof. I'm getting a lot more spice in this. A lot more wood spice on the uncut. I'm getting some cocoa notes. Oh, are you announcing the vanilla? Yeah, almost like cocoa puffs, to be honest. (laughs) And um, like (laughs) the cereal. I like it. Uh, I'm definitely getting vanilla, like a strong yeah. vanilla flavor from this that I wasn't getting on that one. It was, and, it was and mildly not, vanilla. And not as sugary as I got on the nose. No. But still different than the other vanilla. Yeah. I, I, I'm still getting like a, a nice fruity character to it. A, like a syrupy. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just grasping for straws here. It's not maple syrup. No, it no, no. It tastes like, oh my God, it's what's left in a Manhattan after you've drank it, and there's a little bit of the Luxardo cherry syrup in it. <laughs> All right. That's what I uh, Once again, you went to cherries. I did. So, shockingly. Do taste, so do you taste oranges on this? No, I, I don't really. No, I don't either. Mm, I'm looking for it right now. Yeah. It's so high proof. I'm going to add a little bit of water to it now. Oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I'm putting this on. I mean, I really like it neat. This is terrific whiskey. Now, Again, $45 for 120 proof, four years age whiskey. Yeah, this when, is awesome. I'm going to tell you right now, putting water on this is a home run. The flavors separate <laughs> a bit. The flavors yep. are now layered onto my tongue. 
Yep. After the initial sip, when I went back, I was like, the first whiskey kills this whiskey to me flavor-wise. I liked the juke joint much better. Blew the density away of the high proof of the second one. But with the water added, I'm noticing some like kind of like a regression back towards the first one. I'm tasting your chocolate now. Mm. What you said, the chocolate note you like said cocoa, earlier. Yeah, like chocolate, yeah. Mm-hmm. But even deeper than that. Right. Oh my God, this is so good. Now it tastes like I think mm. I said about the new Lou, mm-hmm. like a chocolate cherry cordial. All right. So now I'm going back to the first one again. <laughs> this is so good. Mm. Wow. I really like this. They both taste very similar. Oh, yeah. Even though they're about 10 to 15 proof points apart. Right. And it really is like the younger brother of the uncut. So, like we do, I've combined both glasses together. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do that now too. And um, so, actually, I'm going to pour a little bit of the uncut for eighty dollars. You can buy both bottles and combine them. And Scott, what do you taste? <laughs> All right, let me, I'm just rolling around. <laughs> oh, you know that's really nice. It's almost tastes like a cocktail a little bit. Yeah. It's a little harsher than a cocktail would yeah. be, but. I mean, you express an orange peel around that? Oh, yeah. that would be nice. Blue Note was probably with us, and now they're like, oh my God, what are you guys doing? You're just a train wreck. But no. <laughs> so their notes are, uh, under the Whiskey Advocate, the Blue Note Uncut has vanilla wafers and marshmallows on the nose. Oh, vanilla with, wafers. With That's interesting. Bake shop notes of fresh pastry. Oh. You did say donuts. Donuts, yeah. I didn't get that, but I've got vanilla, sugary vanilla. So I said, is that marshmallows? I guess so. (laughs) And vanilla wafers. So palate is spicy, rich with flavors of chocolate fudge, coffee, black pepper, and cooked red fruits. Ooh, cooked red fruits, like a cherry pie. Yeah. Wow. And and I said cocoa. She's my cherry pie. Cold drink of water, such a sweet surprise. Take so good, let a fell man cry. Sweet cherry pie. Sweet cherry pie. <clears throat> Cricket's working overtime on that I mean, one. they're impressed by the note, though. They almost feel bad for having to cricket you because... Because I hit the note? Because yeah. you hit the note at the end. All right, so do the finish. <laughs> so, well-textured and smooth with notes of chocolate, mellow almond, and then milk chocolate. I did not get milk. Let me try it again. On the finish. Milk chocolate on the finish. Like, I get chocolate in the mid-palate, but I don't really get chocolate on the finish. And I don't get coffee, by the way. I haven't got any no, coffee at all. No. Not on mine. But, I mean, we don't know what bottle Whiskey Africa had. Maybe their bottle was more out in the sun than our bottle yeah. and had some more rainwater on it. I do get pepper, though. I, I get the black pepper. Listen, before the rest of the world finds out about this, run out and get your juke joint and your uncut. It'll cost you $80 for two really good bottles. Yeah. 35 and 45 um, so Scott, what would you give it? Would you? I would, oh. I would give double gold to the Blue Note based on the price and the deliciousness of it. Well, maybe we'll put these in our tasting panel in part yeah. three. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe. I would give probably gold for the Blue Note Uncup, double gold and gold. Interesting. I, I, I'm going to follow the trend of the professionals. Okay, so that's an interesting result. Because right, here's why. Yeah. If you said, Ed, you can only buy one. I would say I'm going to buy the juke joint. Yeah, and right. not to be contrary, but I would choose the other one because you can proof it down. Right. You can extend it, and proofing it down actually did make it a better whiskey. Yeah, it did. And th- there's something to be said about that because Scott can get more pours out of his bottle than I get out of mine. And it's only $10 more. Right. It's not like it's double the price but like most brands. But right out of the bottle, which is what I think we were doing here. I like the first one better. Okay. Right out of the bottle. And like we said, you're not the only one. Yeah. Platinum and double gold, whereas the one that I like got two silvers and a double platinum. Yeah. Well, the double platinum by Fred Minnick knows a thing or two about whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Fred, we're going to have you on one day. (laughs) I mean, you're too close to us not to be our friend. Yeah. At least friendly. It's true. Right. Right. And Fred is four of the six letters in friend. Right. I mean, you're halfway there. (laughs) 
You're over halfway there. <laughs> You're two-thirds of the way there, buddy. So this kind of wraps up our first part of our whiskey what we're calling the nose. Yep. And next week, we'll come out with the palate, which we once again hope is a little bit more of an in-depth examination of the pros and cons of these competitions. Right. So for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. Cheers. Happy New Year's, y'all.